Hi, this is Lindsay Miller, and you're listening to the Arkansas Times Week Interview Podcast for the week ending Friday, May 29th. On this week's edition, we're going to talk about a rise in COVID-19 cases in Arkansas, the push from Republicans and business groups for tort reform in the state, President Trump's mendacity and racist behavior, and the silence of Republicans, and uh, new talk of a so-called exit plan for the Arts District to escape Endless state control. I'm I'm joined as usual by Max Brantley. Afternoon. So uh, every week we talk about this. Every week the numbers rise, though they they went up uh, pretty sharply in the last couple of days. Yeah, record one day uh, uh, yesterday of 261, I think, and there were another 215 or so again, 230 again today. Uh, Five more deaths, uh, record. The hospitalizations are at a record, not that high relative to some other states, but up to 113. Uh, and the big news uh, is is the huge outbreak in Northwest Arkansas, specifically Benton and Washington counties. Uh, Sevier County also has a hot spot from a poultry plant. But I was looking back; it was two weeks ago that Lance Eads, who's a senator from Springdale, and a reliable toady for industry up there had said it's time to we got almost no cases in northwest arkansas it's time to move to phase two and phase three and get everybody back to work well they got about 200 cases in the last two days and and no sign that that's going to abate anytime soon so maybe it maybe we ought to roll back phase one although governor hutchinson has said repeatedly that he's not inclined to do that unless something really terrible happened. What, what constitutes terrible anymore? I, I just don't know. So, uh, Stuart Walton, the Walton, uh, uh, Walmart billionaire heir, uh, is the chair of the Arkansas economic recovery task force. He occasionally appears at Hutchinson's press briefings. Uh, this week he came and said that the most important thing that that group had found talking to business leaders was the need for protection for business as uh, things open up. It, it was, I thought it was, well, it, you could call it an unbelievably tone deaf performance, except in the case of Asa Hutchinson and a billionaire lucky sperm club member, I, I think the tone is exactly what's intended. And that is their world is shaped by what rich people need and what business needs. And <laughs> people are incidental only that they are so-called, quote, human capital, unquote, that that fill the grocery sacks and cut the chicken and do whatever else and, make, and drive the trucks and make the millions for the, the billionaire oligarchs in northwest Arkansas. Uh you know, Stuart Walton seems like a nice enough young fella. I mean, I don't think, you know, when you have a billion dollars, you can do stuff like start restaurants and bars and hotels and bike shops and stuff. And I don't think he brings any particular real insight to the game. But at the top of the recovery task force interim study was is that a universal need that the single most important thing we need for economic recovery is liability from lawsuits for businesses. And this, of course, is the long-time goal of all businesses in Arkansas, which is to not have to pay any lawyers or have to pay any damages in lawsuits. And so now they're going to use the pandemic crisis as an excuse to get it. I still don't think it's it's constitutional. 
You have an Arkansas constitutional right for redress of wrongs and a right to a jury trial while you're at it. I think even under the governor's emergency orders, I don't think he can order it. I don't think the legislature can get away with it, although with a number of Republicans on the Arkansas Supreme Court now, who knows? But it wasn't just simply that they called for this. That There were two things. One, Walton was either dishonest or poorly informed. He said he'd heard from churches and schools that they had to have this protection. Well, as some, a lawyer, a trial lawyer at Little Rock pointed out, they already enjoy immunity, churches and schools do. And the other thing was he was kind of, there was a follow-up question, some reporter, which in there, the reporters haven't been particularly tough in the sessions with the governor, I have to say, but said, but what about workers? What, what about some of these people that, you know, might have health conditions and be afraid of going to work? Or what about an employer who doesn't operate a very safe uh, institution? And, and this is a customer issue, too, not just a worker issue. Well, first of all, Governor Hutchinson repeated his lie that, that workers are covered by workers' comp. Randy Tardy, Randy Zook, the head of the Chamber of Commerce, everybody else who knows the law said, you will play hell making a workers' comp claim that says your sickness was caused by your workplace unless there's just some, unless they just fed you vials of, of COVID-19 spores or something. But then, again, ask about it. Stuart Walton said, well, that really wasn't our charge here. Our charge is to look out for business and what employers need, and that's what we did. And, I, you know, he didn't even make lip service to the poor sons of bitches laboring, laboring under the minimum wage and dying in northwest Arkansas from exposure at poultry plants. I, you know, as I say, it's just the insensitivity. But this is every one of their events. They're rarely about people except to the extent we need them to get to back, back to work and make some profits for their bosses. I mean, the, the lack of concern for people. Governor, he was asked again today, would he do something about a, a moratorium on evictions? And he said basically in about four words, same answer as before, which means no. I mean, if he, he, he continues to insist landlords will work with tenants, which is an article we've done shown is just utter baloney. I mean, they're evicting people right and left if they're able to. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I've just, the, the, the level of concern for the poor guy. Of course, we knew that from Hutchinson's income tax plan. It's millions for wealthy people. <laughs> this last one, there was even a tax increase for the poorest people in Arkansas of a dollar or so because they had to produce some money somewhere after all the money they gave away to the Waltons. You know, Stuart Walton probably got a tax break worth tens of millions of dollars on his Walmart dividends. Anyway, I'm, I'm losing my mind, clearly. Well, it was, a, it was a bad week for Arkansas News, even worse for the country. Um, more uh, police killings of, uh, of black folks, um, some just awful racist incidents. Um, and then <laughs> the president just really, really stoking the unrest uh, uh, in, in Minneapolis after an uprising. The president tweeted today that um, when the looting starts, uh, the, the, the shooting should start, uh, echoing, a, a racist Miami police chief during the civil rights era. Um, I mean, and that was just one of, you know, dozens of nutty things he said in recent weeks, accusing Joe Scarborough of murder, um, talking about how mail-in ballots are, are ripe for fraud. 
And uh, Republicans in, in Arkansas and elsewhere have been, as usual, reluctant to speak out. Silence. Utter cowardice. Uh, I, I, I want to throw in a kind word for Nate Smith, the health director, who's uh, leaving for a top job at the Centers for Disease Control in August, who was asked at the news conference today about Donald Trump's announcement that we'd be terminating our relationship with the World Health Organization, which does nothing more than deliver incredibly helpful emergency health care to some of the poorest, most misbegotten people in the world. And Nate Smith, who has a record of working in third world countries and, 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 and apparently still has a soul, unlike many of the Republicans in, in Arkansas life today, said, well, he hoped that we could eventually get back to a relationship with them because they did good things. That, that's what passes for amazing bravery in Arkansas today. Utter silence about these things. Shooting looters. It's, it's under current Supreme Court precedent, you can't shoot somebody for a property crime. You, you would be prosecuted and sued if, if justice still prevailed, although who knows now. And it, it's in, I, I, you get the sense that, that Trump wants to start a race war because he thinks it's a winner for him politically, that this is a way to regain his lead that has been cratering away because of his incompetence and lies and sociopathic behavior. It's a terrible thing. And, you know, and, and people are afraid of looting and looting is wrong and arson is wrong. But, you know, it's wrong to, to kill a guy, an unarmed guy, by putting your neck on his throat for four minutes. And, it, and it's and it's wrong not to charge somebody at a minimum with manslaughter and then see how the case develops. Wendell Griffin wrote an opinion piece for his blog. I posted it this morning in a Wendell's prolific and. You know, he'd, he'd write an op-ed for you every day if you'd let him. And so, I mean, I picked my spots, but he, w- he was so right here. I mean, he, he called it, what is the phrase, cultural incompetence. That's part of it. I just call it racist. And I think, I think it's about time that, and I led my daily newscast with it because we're all Minneapolis today. We're all Minnesotans today. And, and, and Little Rock today, we're having a racially inflamed police situation that that is rooted in years of mistreatment of black people by the police and a a police force that's still full of racists and is not happy about having a black chief and a black mayor in charge these are terrible problems barack obama reminded me again today why he was such a great president and, and good in so many ways and he issued a statement on the george floyd killing in minnesota and and the thing he said was exactly right which is that People want to return to normal. Well, normal was never normal. In, in, in the world we lived in before and today, equal treatment is not normal for black people, and not just in the criminal justice system, but in health care and in education and so many other ways, and that all of America needs to come to grips with this issue of creating a new normal for America where everybody has the promise of equality that you find in our founding documents. Joe Biden gave a similarly empathetic statement that we, we need to we need to strive for that. He said violence is never the proper reaction to things that are going wrong. And that, of course, applies to both sides in this thing. You know, violence is not a good way for the protesters and certainly for the president of the United States to suggest that shooting people is a proper response is, is just it's nuts. But it, your initial point is exactly right. The utter cowardice 
of stick corn cob up rear people like French Hill on issue after issue after issue. These people should be retired from public office if they can't bring themselves to say it's wrong for the most powerful official on the world to say it's okay to shoot people. It's it's beyond belief. Yeah, it's really shameful. Okay, well let's let's move on and and talk about uh, the the latest exit plan or draft exit plan for the Lurk School District to uh, escape the state's clutches? Well, you know, I, I ranted a little bit about it yesterday, and you wrote a good piece about it last night, and the more I thought about it is, it's just a bunch of jargon. It's a bunch of educanto. It's a bunch of education speak. It's a bunch of nothing. There are no specific targets. What I see there is the means by which the state can control the Little Rock School District forever. That, that's that's what it comes down to me. And I, I mean, I couldn't believe that Republican guy they've stuck out there to, as the community advisory board chairman said, it looked good to him. Of course, it would look good to him because he takes his marching orders from Ace Hutchinson. It's garbage. I mean, th- there's it gives the state control of the, of, of the school's budget for three years. It'll tell them how they can spend their money. That's that's local control. That's bullshit. It already says they can't pick their superintendent. They can't file a lawsuit and they can't negotiate with the teachers. And if they want to name a school something else or change a school lunch menu and Diane Zook wants to do it, they'll do it. This is more bad faith by the state of Arkansas. The only hope for the Little Rock School District is a quick and speedy good result in these two lawsuits that are pending about what's essentially an illegal state takeover. We should have had our district back at the beginning of this year at a minimum under this plan. We're looking at the middle of six and a half years. But realistically, at that point, the state board can still look at it and say, well, I don't like those scores down there at uh, Carver Magnet School. I'm afraid we're going to have to keep controlling you guys for a while. It's it's garbage. I have no use for anything the state has to say on this. Well, and it also, um, there there was a lot, and, and Superintendent Poor made a, made a point to say, you know, I appreciate the state taking it uh, through the, the local advisory board first rather than starting at, at the state board level. But <laughs> that, that doesn't matter at all. I mean, it just, no. it just it makes the conversation. <laughs> particularly since this board can do nothing. Well, yeah, but it also, I mean, even the board could do something. The state board has the ultimate power. So talking about it now is really fairly pointless until the state board weighs in. Uh, the state board has demonstrated repeatedly that it's willing to, you know, go beyond what the the state department of education recommends. Uh, so whatever the whim of of Diane Zook or some of the others, uh, when the state board meets in June, uh, you know, this this draft could change entirely. Yeah, no, right. And, well, and also, I mean, first of all, the state education department staff knows who butters their bread. And any plan, any plan they draw is also, they're assuming is more or less what Johnny Key wants in the first place. So, right. I mean, so, it, 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 it doesn't begin, it doesn't come with clean hands to start with. Sure, sure. Though so, sometimes what the state board wants is worse than what. Oh no! It, frequently they make it even worse than the staff. That's true. Uh, and and this, you know, there's some good people on the staff. I mean, I don't mean to dismiss what they say but i don't know when i re- when i read some of that's th- that those words and that stuff it's just the notion that you would give this to a bunch of parents and parents would read it and say oh this sounds good they would say what does this mean what is it i don't know i don't know these words right yeah well 
it's it is going to be a very challenging year for for all school districts, but particularly for the literary school district with uh, school board elections ongoing, trying to deal with the state, um, all the challenges that the coronavirus will bring to to delivering education in some way that's equitable and you know works for people. So. Uh, it's, no, it's I mean, and, and this, never mind, never mind the Little Rock School District and the state education department. Education next year in Little Rock and Arkansas and the United States is is en route to be a disaster. I mean, f- first of all, in the districts that have the hardest to educate kids, they lost the last two months of their school year. I mean, yeah, they tried to continue homeschooling, but. And some did. And, you know, I'm not saying that it was all wasted effort, but but a lot of kids weren't reached. And when will we start? I, I was reading the Wally Hall call today in the Democrat about getting ready for football at Fayetteville and whether they tested everybody or not tested everybody. And, you know, so what if some lineman who's asymptomatic spits on the guy across the line from him and the guy gets I mean. And we're going to put we're going to put people in in residence halls and dining halls and I don't know I, I I just think it's going to be very hard as early as four months from now to to begin going back to school just like nothing ever happened it's, it's just going to be impossibly hard to do and then the first time we had a case of a infected person in the Pulaski County Special School District this week they're not in session. There may be eight or ten other people that this person was working with in a, in a school on closing out the year that will have to worry about quarantining and that what happens. But so when a teacher gets infected and has a class of 25 kindergarten kids, then what? Yeah, I mean, standard procedure then, then, would, then be, what? would be that everyone, uh, you know, self-quarantines for 14 days in that class size. And that's several hundred people. At least I, I, I just I, I mean, I know I know good people with good minds are working on this and try, and they're going to arrange desk apart and they may go to split schedules to have some kids go now and some later. And but, oh, God, what a mess. I, I, I'm I'm not ready to say I'm saying we should do this. Or that. I don't know. But but I see problems. That is what I, is what I'm saying. Yeah. All right. Well, let's leave it there and move on to endorsements. What do you have this week? Uh, well. <laughs> this is stupid. I can't even tell you what channel Ellen found it on because she's my she's my TV watcher. But we've started, and I think given the outlook for things, we've started a seventy-two part series on French T from French TV. I think it's called the French Village. I can't even. I, I'm terrible about titles. You know that. But it was a, like a seven season long series of shows about a small French village in the Limousin region of France during the Nazi occupation. It's basically a giant Nazi soap opera, heroic resistance fighters, turncoats, evil Nazis. And, you know, there's a a valiant town doctor who's drafted to be mayor. And there's a a businessman with a good heart who seems to collaborate with the Nazis. But meanwhile, is helping people who are fighting the Nazis. And I don't know, I went through about 13 episodes this week. It gives me something to do between uh, housebreaking my pup. So. It's not bad. Uh, I'll endorse another period TV show of sorts. Uh, It's new from Hulu. It's called The Great. 
Um, it is a, a very, very fictionalized account of Catherine the Great's uh, rise to power. It's a comedy. It's by Tony McNamara, who wrote The Favorite, uh, which came out last year, the movie. Um, and it has that sort of tone. I mean, it's very comedic and uh, dark. Um, uh, Peter, uh, Emperor Peter, is just awful in the show. There's uh, a total sadist. And um, Elle Fanning plays Catherine the Great and, and is, is, is pretty remarkable in the role. I'm only three episodes in, but I, I love it. It's my favorite show on right now, I think. That sounds pretty good. She was quite a character. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we will leave it there. Everybody stay, uh, stay safe out there, and we'll be back next week. We'll be around. See you later.